0: but just the fact that, you know, I can really educate people to what's going on here and, you know, bring some of that culture of great chefs and stuff as well down to Apollo Bay to showcase it. So it's a bit of a combination of all the things I love.
1: This is Fish Tales, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. In the early days, fishing was a small-scale individual activity, and the fish caught was sold directly to local markets or intermediaries. However, as the fishing industry grew, it became increasingly difficult for individual fishermen to compete with larger fishing companies. This led to the formation of co-ops in order to pool resources and negotiate better prices for their catches. Fishermen's co-ops are organisations that are owned and controlled by the fishermen themselves. They were formed to promote the common interests of the fishermen, such as marketing and distribution of their products and to ensure better returns for their catches. Apollo Bay is an important town for the Victorian seafood industry because of its location on the southwest coast of Victoria. The town is situated on the picturesque Great Ocean Road, a major tourist destination in the state of Victoria. The area is particularly well known for its rock lobster, abalone and oysters. The Apollo Bay Fishermen's Co-op has been central to the seafood industry of Western Victoria for over 70 years. The Apollo Bay Seafood Festival, which is anchored by and celebrates this, the Apollo Bay Fishermen's Co-op, is an annual event that celebrates the town's rich seafood heritage and provides an opportunity for local fishermen and seafood producers to showcase their products to a wider audience. Bill Hurley-Fraser is a local boy who is the organiser and convener of this great festival.
0: Bill Hurley-Fraser here, just uh, calling in from Apollo Bay. Got the nice view of the ocean out over the Polar Bay Harbour. So we're in sort of the middle of the Great Ocean Road here um, between sort of smack bang between Torquay and Warrnambool. Um, Down here is, you know, the the only um, operating co-op on the Great Ocean Road still and one of only a couple left in Victoria. So I'm actually up in... um, Alan, the manager of the co-op, is over in Europe at the moment, so I'm just making use of his office and keeping an eye on the boats and everything happening at the harbour here. Sort of if you look up Salty Sea Dog in the dictionary, there's probably a photo of Nick Polgeist or Russell Frost or one of those guys down here, sort of you know, generational fishermen that have still got the boats that have been, you know, been use, in use since the actual co op started over 70 years ago, so it's pretty special down here.
1: Growing up in a regional fishing town can influence a person's life by installing a deep sense of connection to the sea and the natural environment, a strong sense of community, a strong work ethic, and an appreciation of tradition, exposure to diverse cultures, and an understanding of the importance of sustainability.
0: So I was um, actually born in Queensland, but I moved down here at the young age of two. And since then, you know, my earliest memories are hanging out with the co-op with dad, you know, fishing for garfish off the rocks or calamari and, you know, learning how to dive for abs and getting ockies wrapped around my face and stuff like that. So in the downtime, dad was actually a chef down here at, um, an old local restaurant called Green Acres and they were sort of pretty well known for pioneering seafood back in that, you know, early to mid late 90 period. Um, did a lot of stuff that wasn't really popular at the time, sort of bycatch sort of stuff and octopus, you know, and, and some of the lesser known species like I was talking about, like boarfish and gurnard and harpuka, which are all, you know, delicious eating fish and people are all over that now. But back in the day, it was sort of, you know, people were pretty surprised at that stuff on the menu. So.
1: The seafood of Western Victoria is special because of its rich diversity of species, high-quality, and a commitment by the local fishers to sustainable fishing practices. The strong local seafood industry, combined with the regional food festival, are a key factor that contributes to the uniqueness and specialness of the seafood in the area.
0: Yeah, so uh, Rock Lobster's our number one down here, definitely. The side of the building down here, got a giant um, Polly Bay, home of the Southern Rock Lobster, so we like to definitely claim that as our own. We've got quite a lot of um, giant crab out of here. Abalone and scallops are probably the biggest fisheries as well. The co-ops actually just um, invested in a new um, mini trawler, which is getting a bunch of interesting fish. Uh, Yesterday I had on the hibachi some great, you know, silver dory and some boarfish and stuff that they've been bringing in. It's a bit of a mixed bag, but it's always awesome fish. Yeah, look, we're really happy with it. We're trying to promote it as much as we can and sort of see that next generation come through, which we are at the moment and which is really exciting. Obviously, there's been a few difficulties over the last couple of years with COVID and the problems with exports to Asia and et cetera, but we've sort of transitioned through that and um, the town itself is buying more seafood than ever and we're sort of selling more of it um, to a Victorian audience, which is really, really good for us, obviously.
1: The fishing industry in Western Victoria has a long history dating back to the early days of European settlement in the area. The industry has grown and evolved over time and has faced many challenges, including overfishing changes in market conditions and competition from centralized fishing companies. The formation of the Apollo Bay Fishermen's Co-op was a response to these challenges, providing a way for the local fishermen to band together and better compete in the marketplace. The Apollo Bay Fishermen's Co-op has played an important role in the development and growth of both the fishing industry and of the town itself.
0: As I mentioned earlier, you know, over 70 years of operation, they've transitioned a lot. It was actually one of the first um, cool rooms and freezers on the whole Great Ocean Road back when it opened and you know the whole town would come in and use those spaces. Over the years I've been through the barracuda industry to where it is now with you know Southern Rock Lobsters and abalones being the big one. So out behind where they do their fish and chippery, you can sort of and, and the guys there are, are open to taking anyone on a tour of this. So There's got all of like lobster tanks and all the abalone tanks which pump ball of salt water straight out of the harbour up in there and then they keep the lobsters ready to go for market or for sale there or to ship off to the restaurant. So it's pretty awesome to get that sort of, you know, backstage look at what's going on and pretty open. All you need to do if you're in town is flag down one of the staff and they'll take you for a walk out the back. It's interesting, I'm only in my mid-30s and there's a couple of young guys here that, as I said, they're next generation of coming through. Um, you know, Tom McTaggart's one of the young cray fishermen here and it's super exciting to seeing him be able to not just rely on that um, overseas export as well, the fact that he can get rid of crays to these local businesses, to the Melbourne fish market and straight through the co-op as well. It, it's definitely really exciting, you know. It's, for a few years there, it was looking a bit grim of what was happening of, you know, boats being sold and moving on and stuff, but I'm sort of seeing a bit of a resurgence at the moment. Um, Tom's a classic one there. Like I said, um, Tim Harrington as well. He's also fishing down here. Yeah, it's really good.
1: Regional restaurants play an important role in supporting local fishermen by buying and promoting local seafood, partnering with their local fishermen's co-ops, supporting sustainability and building community by hosting events and promoting local seafood festivals. The involvement of local restaurants in the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival has helped to ensure the survival and development of the local fishing industry and the community.
0: You know, I think everybody's going through this weird transition period post-COVID, but we've got some great restaurants down here in the Otways. Um, my mate Julian Tasson who's opened Grays down here, you know, they get uh, stuff straight off the co-op or some of the local fishermen. Um, just around the corner in Lavers Hill, we've got the Perch, they do some amazing stuff as well. And then, you know, down the road, we had Frank with Moveda for a while and Matt DeMantis, who's um, got a new project opening in there and um, also operates around the coast. And, of course, Dan up at Bray, you know, he's a huge supporter of what we do down here and he's always down here hanging out with the fishermen and seeing what, you know, what's seasonal, what's best. So, you know, we're on some of the best restaurants in Victoria, really.
1: Returning home to a regional fishing port after travelling the world can be a mixture of feelings for a young man. Nostalgia for the familiar and comfort, culture shock for the differences and readjustment to find balance between his new experiences and perspectives and the life he's left behind. For Bill, it was a chance to re-engage in the town, the fishermen and the seafood he loved.
0: Look, I was sort of um, travelling and eating my way through Europe when my visa ran out and I came back to Apollo Bay and was hoping to sort of, you know, um, continue on what the original seafood festival committee did they did a great job of getting the festival going and seven years they ran it for and they were just you know a bit burnt out as volunteers and stuff so it was just good timing on my end and I'd met up with a, you know a group of really interesting people that were sort of keen to continue what they had put together but also sort of changed the game a little bit so um. You know, Marcus Nolly, who I still work with now, who's a member of the Rock Lobster Association. He's also a director of the co-op here and formerly on the board of Civ at the time. Um, Rebecca Malherb, who was a former restaurateur who came down to Apollo Bay. Uh, Liz Waters, also another um, retired restaurateur and culinary teacher. So we sort of got together and sort of said, you know, what is important to us and put together our values. And we decided the best way of moving forward would be to actually move the festival from the big grass area foreshore that it was into the harbour so um, a lot of difficulties (laughs) with doing something like that sounds like a great idea but you know out on the end of the harbour where it's pretty windy and you've got you know fueling stations and still an operational harbour definitely a few difficulties there but over the last few years we've kind of honed it into what's such a, a unique thing that I think you know people that come just absolutely love it and return every single year.
1: The Apollo Bay Seafood Festival is special because it celebrates the local seafood industry, the local community and the regional food heroes through a combination of food, entertainment and education. All with a view to bettering the reputation and recognition for the region and its seafood.
0: Yeah, so uh, the middle weekend in February every year, it's a couple of weeks off now actually, Um, Saturday the 18th of February is the date this year and look um I guess the food vendors and pop-up restaurants is the main draw card from the festival you know we've had some great ones over the years like um Nick from Soda Fish and the Atlantic's come down we've had you know your Movitas and um Alejandro from Farmer's Daughters but what to me I think what really makes it is having like the locals involvement and stuff that you can't get anywhere else so you know, Sally down here runs the Polo Bay Bakery. She does her famous scallop pies out on the end. You know, we've got our um, the Perch restaurant I mentioned earlier. They do abalone and lobster rolls. Um, we've got Mike from down the coast who runs a mussel farm and he's also got a seaweed farm as well. So he comes down, does paya and does also like a vegan version of a paella with his um, Andaria wakami that he's growing there. So, you know, we've got stuff that nobody sort of else is doing which sort of, you know... Sort of makes makes the festival, I think. Mean. So before COVID, we had like in our giant hall down here, we had like a big sit-down dinner where we'd invite a guest chef to come along and we thought after what has happened with COVID, we are just trying to figure out other ways to give back to the local businesses down here. So this year, instead of doing one big dinner in the hall, we're actually splitting it up into the local restaurants. So Casalingo down here, um, Sandy Feet, which is a sort of local indigenous restaurant, Um, We've got the Perch and uh, greys as well. So they're actually doing their own dinners and we've got a bunch of special guests, uh, Richard Cornish and Hilary McNevin and such, who are festival MCs. We'll get along to those and sort of just educate people about, you know, the history of the fishing and what it is that sort of makes us so special. So, you know, just a nice way to give back to those local businesses. Then Saturday is the big one, the Harbour Day down here. A new inclusion that we've got this year is we're going to be doing a bunch of cooking demonstrations, which is sort of focused on um, underutilised and underappreciated seafood. We're trying to get a little bit away from that, um, you know, Ninety style cooking TV uh, cooking demonstrations and more into what sort of we think eating seafood is so. Um, we just bought a bunch of giant hibachi grills, and we've got you know Rosa Mitchell from Rosa's Canteen, she's going to be coming down and charring some sardines. We've got Paul West from the ABC is gonna come down here and get some Oki on the char grill. Um, Peter Hilkey's doing black lip abalone for people. And then we've got like a bunch of these underappreciated local fish that people sort of don't know how to eat. Um, stuff like the ras down here. So you know, Jenna North, who's at Lucy Lou, she'll be doing like a um, sashimi dish based on a few, you know, a couple of those fish that are a bit underappreciated. But yes, there's always tickets on the door. They're on sale on our website now, but feel free to rock up if anybody's interested. Goes from 11 AM where we'll be actually kicking off with like an off the boat seafood market. So a couple of those younger fishermen that I was speaking of will actually be selling, you know, crayfish straight off the boat, uh, the giant crabs. We're going to have a bunch of fish and stuff as well. Then it'll go on through to about 8 PM.
1: While it's always fun to have plenty to eat and drink at a festival, it's also important for food festivals to have an educational program because it raises awareness about local food production, promotes local food, supports the local economy, encourages sustainable practices, and builds community spirit.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Sunday, we kind of like to, um, while we've got these people in town, is to sort of educate them about what we are and sort of what we see the future being. We sort of start off the day with those local older fishermen Russell Frost, we've got Nick Polgeest and uh, Marcus, who sits on the committee, along with um, Dave Riley from the VFA, and then uh, Lisa Deppler, who runs the Otway Climate Emergency Action Network group here. So just sort of a bit of an update of what's happening in the ocean, the environment, and sort of, you know, what what we sort of need to do. Um, Goes into a bit more of the ocean science stuff, Um, we've got, you know, the nature-based coastal defence solutions with... um, Rebecca from Melbourne Uni, Um, Dr. Paul Carnell's coming down here from the Blue Carbon Lab. We're sort of going to go into a bit of um, some of the traditional um, indigenous eel use around here, Bim, a bit of aquaculture sort of stuff. Then we've got a bunch of um, chefs talking about what we're calling uh, eating the problem. So that's sort of, you know, pest species in there and some of the undaria that's affecting the harbour at the moment and then also a bit of the land-based stuff as well, um, feral deer and feral pigs as well, which we're having a bit of a problem with. So you now we've got Paul West coming down to speak, Dan Hunter from Bray, uh, Jerry my and Matt Jamantis as well. So it's going to be a pretty packed day of um, a range of different topics it will sort of um, you know tie together what we're, um, what we're all about.
1: The unique aspect of the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival is the involvement of the local seafood industry and the co-op. It's good to have local fishermen behind the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival because they bring their knowledge, expertise, support for the local economy and a commitment to sustainable practices, which is building the community, authenticity and direct connection to the seafood that is being served.
0: Look, sort of when we first started, you know, I'd be asking them for okies and stuff and they're sort of their worst enemy of the cray fishermen and they were like, oh, we don't want, nobody will eat that, rah, rah, rah and they didn't even want to bring them in for me and stuff and now, you know, (laughs) they're selling them to me by 10, 20, 30 kilos at a time and stoked to be able to have stuff like that. So I guess some of the fishermen have just sort of changed with the whole sort of this world of, you know, MasterChef and Anthony Bourdain on TV and stuff all the time. It's just sort of changed people's perception totally about food, of just being a bit more open to it. The fellow named Rowan Anderson, who does a lot of cooking and travelling, um, in the first year that I took over, it was a bit of a satellite event we did on taking people through Oki from, you know, of having a live octopus to eating it in the end. And literally we did all of that and just went out the back and dug a giant hole <laughs> Filled it with, you know, made a fire, put some grills over it and showed everybody how easy it is to actually do great octopus. And the 30 or so people who are there, they still come to every festival I do. They email me every year and say, what's the dates I want to book in? Like it's those sort of little things I really think different, differentiate what we're doing and sort of grab people's attention.
1: Apollo Bay is special for its location on the Great Ocean Road. It's natural beauty, rich maritime history, local seafood, historical sites, outdoor activities and the great community spirit, which is embodied in the festival itself.
0: I think that just the uniqueness of this coastline and the different sort of things that come in here, like I mentioned giant crab earlier, if you asked 90% of the townspeople, they wouldn't even know that a giant crab comes into the harbour. Same with scallops, like people just sort of, you know, think fish and think rock lobster, but there's all these different sort of stuff that you can actually have available straight off the boat. Pre-COVID, we, um, as part of the city deal, had a bunch of funding, which is going to be a redevelopment of the harbour. So that's going to be a game changer for what we do as a festival, but also the harbour there. Like it's sort of the crown jewel of the town. And although the building's beautiful and we've got a great system set up, it's just can't take any more people as it is so once this whole redevelopment happens like um we can fit tens of thousands of people down there with giant boardwalks and sort of really appreciate the area for what it is so watch this space it's going to be bloody amazing you know the co-op's got this um the co-op's got the tambo bay that i mentioned earlier i'm doing a project with them at the moment called the local cats club so literally as the boat's coming back into town they send us a message up at the office at the Fisherman's Co-op and they say, look, we've got so much of this and so much of that and then we send out like a MailChimp uh, newsletter to everyone in town and say, look, the Tambo's going to be here, the boys will be filting in about three hours. If you come down to the Pasco Street shop, here's what came in on the boat and here's to get it. And, you know, people are eating it within six hours of it being caught. We've only sort of just launched it, but we've already got about 900 subscribers on here. So I don't think we've got that many people in town. There's probably a few people sitting back in Turak getting the emails and wishing they were down here to, um, to get their hands on some of that seafood, I reckon.
1: Bill's enthusiasm and commitment to the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival is all about ensuring both the region and visitors alike all appreciate the importance of what is poured in the local waters and why it's so special. His plans to grow a network of seafood festivals which celebrate the seafood is really exciting.
0: When I was younger, I never sort of seen, you know, a position like this to be available. I always thought I was going to have to go and, you know, work in Melbourne on major events or down the coast somewhere. But just the fact that, you know, I can really educate people to what's going on here and you know bring some of that culture of great chefs and stuff as well down to Apollo Bay to showcase it so it's a bit of a combination of all the things I love particularly with the events of you know managing the music and what sort of happens there and combining all these great chefs into conversation panels and and cooking demonstrations Um, it's just sort of the complete package and you know it's sort of really reignited my love of food and seafood in particular and you know the fact that i don't have to sit in the trenches as a line chef anymore is a huge positive as well and then like my long-term vision is sort of connecting all the co-ops in Victoria and all the festivals as well sort of marketing as one we're all trying to do the same thing really so I think there should be a sort of connection throughout and then we can get through to all of Victoria and all of Australia
1: having young locals running regional food festivals is important because they bring a fresh perspective, connection to the community, community involvement, representation, networking, and a sense of sustainability to the event. Bill Hurley-Fraser and the team at the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival are an exciting professional team of locals who are committed to building the recognition and reputation of the seafood of Western Victoria. By raising the profile of the local area, the fishermen, and importantly, the seafood itself, they're playing an important role in delivering a strong, sustainable future for Apollo Bay. This is FishTales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production. I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Seafood Podcast, or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.